Hello, and welcome to the Watts Podcast. We have a bit of a different episode for you today. Uh, This episode was originally recorded as a bonus episode that was to come out in the middle of the week, but um, both Carson and I ran into catastrophic computer failure. Both of our computers went belly up at the same time, Uh, and that meant we could not record this week as I am using the laptop that we normally record on as my main computer. So, we hope that you guys enjoy this uh, bonus, sort of not bonus, but kind of also still bonus episode this week, and we hope to be recording again next week. What the fuck is this? Oh no! What, what the What's fuck going is on? It? We've been woken from our week long stasis, uh-huh. and and to do an extra podcast. I feel very woke. I feel violated. <laughs> yes. That's what I feel. Okay. Sorry, that was just me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, bonus pod. Bonus pod. Uh, because I had something bonus that I wanted to talk about, and yes. I have nowhere else to talk about it. So that's that's what we're gonna do today. So yeah. So what are we talking about? <laughs> So I got into a conversation on YouTube in the YouTube comments. I know where this is going. Okay, it's not as bad as you think, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to to do this. Mm. So what we're going to read is we're going to read this sort of chain of comments, cutting out all of the extemporaneous ones, and it, I'm basically yeah. just narrowing it down to the conversation that I'm having with this guy. All right. All right. And the reason I want to read this is for a couple of reasons. One, it's movie-related. Yes. Two, it's a great example of Marvel fanboys, except Mm. that this guy I don't consider stupid. All right? This guy, I feel like he's reasonably intelligent, which is why I'm even bothering to have this conversation with him in the first place. Yeah. And third, because I feel like I want to spread the message if you're going to have a conversation, wherever it is, but especially YouTube, be mm-hmm. constructive about it. Don't be the guy who's just like, hey, you're a fucking asshole. Yes, like, also spell check. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, spell check. And paragraphs. Yes. Learn paragraph breaks. Yep. So, yeah, um, that's what we're going to do. I think I just stroked out. Nice. Um, that's oh. what we're going to do today. Yeah, hopefully this will be more interesting than when I discussed uh, the movie Fury with somebody in the comments. <laughs> I might have to hear that story sometime because yes. I don't think I know it. But I'll tell you afterwards. All right. Uh, yes. So fairly short. I'm not going to say the guy's name that I had the conversation with. We should say his name anyways. No. Okay. I, anyways, continue. I'm not going to say his name, <laughs> and I'm not going to say which video it was under because the conversation one isn't really what the video was about. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of moot. And two, eh, I, like, yeah, it's, I think all of that is just besides the point. And I just want to talk about the conversation. All right. Okay. So uh, it was a video about Marvel is eh, pretty much all you need to know. All right. And so I'm scrolling through the comments, being frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I come across this comment. 
I've noticed this general concept in and around the film industry that comic book movies are somehow low effort or lesser quality simply by the fact of being a superhero film. It's really sad to see people write off good storytelling and great characters just because it's a film about superheroes. So you can imagine right off the bat, I got an issue here. Yeah. Like, I mean, not all comic book adaptations are bad, I would say. Uh, no, there are s- yeah. several good ones, and I even say that in the comment that I send back to him. Yep. So let me read you my comment, and then we can discuss. All right, let's do this. So I wrote back, It's not because they're superhero movies. They're low effort because Disney doesn't see them as art. Disney sees them as products. The characters are shallow and one-dimensional, and the villains are even more so. The stories are simplistic and repeated film after film. These movies aren't made to tell good stories or present good characters. They're made to sell toys and tickets based on the logos strapped to the main characters' chests. Good superhero movies used to exist, and they didn't have to pander to the audience to do it. All they had to do was tell good stories with well-rounded characters. The Richard Donner Superman movies, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies 1 and 2, the Brian Singer X-Men movies 1 and 2, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, and yes, even Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Those movies were made with the story and characters in mind first, and they each had unique voices behind them. They were directed by directors who were interested in making good movies, not just pushing a cinematic universe to pump out as many films as they can until they finally kill the genre. None of the Marvel or DC movies are directed by directors anymore. They're directed by a board of businessmen only interested in how best to pander to the widest audience possible. The movies have no unique voice. They all feel like the same movie and all tell the same story. So no, it's not because they're superhero movies. It's because they're lazy, cynical products designed to print money. The fact that Marvel fans don't ask for better from Disney blows my mind. Being a fan means wanting the best thing possible for the thing that you're a fan of, not just blindly following whatever has your favorite logo slapped across it. So that was my response. Let us discuss. And... By all means, by the way, if you disagree with anything that I say, let me know and we'll talk about it. Yeah. So, thoughts? Thoughts? It was a very well-rounded answer, and I actually agree with you on the point there is they're not art anymore. Mm-mm. They used to be art, but now the corporations just see them as products, as a number in a line that is very long. Yeah, um, and and like I said, good superhero movies used to exist, like they did. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the first two Sam Raimi Spider-Man yep. films, the first two X-Men films, yep. uh, Watchmen, the Dark or and the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, like yep. they're all really good movies, but they were movies first. And that's what's important is they need to be movies first. Yeah, they weren't <laughs> superhero movies. Like yeah. the reason nobody talks about the Dark Knight as a superhero movie is because it's not a superhero movie in air quotes. It is a, a crime thriller with a superhero in it, right? Yes. The, the superhero part should be the subgenre, not the primary genre. Mostly because superhero is not a primary genre. It's not, and that's, a, that's another topic. So I, I should mention that this conversation is ongoing. Mm-hmm. I had hoped to have my third response written by the time that we recorded this podcast, but alas... Um, I did not have the time because oh. I <laughs> I am concocting a massive fucking 
<laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's going to be huge. Um, so I might update with with that comment and if he responds to it, but I don't know because it's been a couple of days. So yeah. I don't I don't know if he's going to even check. But so his response to my response. All right. I was merely talking about the somewhat elitist atmosphere that has prevented superhero movies from being recognized. However, I actually completely disagree with what you're saying. While Disney may certainly see them as only products, it's plain to see that Marvel Studios has a deep respect for these characters and works extremely hard to bring them to life. The heroes are neither shallow nor one-dimensional, and it's kind of sad that you'd even suggest so. Every single movie dives deeper and deeper into the existing character's psychology and introduces new ones to boot. And this idea that they're all the same is so laughable. Guardians of the Galaxy is a space opera, which it's ah. not. Yeah, I know. That made we'll you... get to that. We'll get to okay, that. Okay, okay, Guardians of the Galaxy is a space opera. Spider-Man Homecoming is a, hi- is a high school coming-of-age film. And Captain America Winter Soldier is a political spy drama. These are so far from the same movie and so far from telling the same story that they couldn't get much further if they tried. If Marvel only ever cared about making money, they never would have greenlit a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, a nigh-unknown property that wouldn't sell unless the product was truly good. They wouldn't have greenlit an Ant-Man movie or given Hawkeye prominent roles to play throughout the Avengers film. No, they don't. By the way, that's hilarious. Uh, That is really funny. Sorry. Um, To play through... Okay. If they were truly only interested in pandering to the widest audience, they would have kept Captain America on ice, since he's not guaranteed to work well with foreign audiences. But they didn't. I'm a Marvel fan, and I do demand better when they don't deliver on the quality I would like. So you mean like every time they've made a movie? (laughs) But that hasn't happened often, and I am a fan... And yeah, that does mean that I want Marvel to be as good as they can be. And so far, they've done a pretty good job of it. They've had a couple hiccups, sure, a couple wrong turns, but overall, they've delivered quality stories and characters, and that's all I want as a fan. Mm. Where do we begin with that? Well, I do have a response to that one. Yeah. But I, I, I wanted to get your your little rant out of the way here. All right, so... Before now, I I was told, you told me you were having this conversation, and one of the few, few things you mentioned was that they brought up that Guardians of the Galaxy is Is a a space space opera. Because I knew it would piss you off. Yes, it's not a space (laughs) opera. It's just a sci-fi film. It's straight sci-fi film. Space opera is, unfortunately, it is, whether it's good or not, is Dune. Yeah. It's... In television, it's Babylon 5. Uh, It is not, by the way, uh, Star Wars. It is not Star Wars. Star Wars is the Fisher-Price toy of space operas. Yeah. Yeah. It's a children's thing, like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a children's thing, but even that is not the Fisher-Price toy of a space opera. It's the Fisher-Price toy of science fiction. Yeah. Yeah, point being that um, Guardians of the Galaxy... Is in no fucking way a space opera. No, would you it like, doesn't fit any of the criteria. Would you like to define a space opera? It's better if I read off the actual definition because I will not do it any justice. Space opera is a subgenre of science fiction that emphasizes space warfare, melodramatic adventure, interplanetary battles, chivalry, chivalric romance, 
and Rish chivalrous. Chival- it says chivalric, <laughs> and it's hyperlinked, so Fine, I guess whatever. that's right. Chivalric romance and risk taking, set mainly or in or entirely in outer space, it usually involves conflict between opponents possessing advanced abilities, futuristic weapons, and other sophisticated technology. So, to add on to that, it's also not about a small group of people. No. It's, it's never about a small group of people. Space operas it's about, are far-reaching. Yes. You go as fucking big as you can, and then you go fucking way past that. Yeah. Um, which is why... Big battles, big emotions... Big conflict. Yeah, uh, which uh, is why big Star politics. Wars is yeah. not a space opera. It is a toned-down, um, sort of easily digestible version of a space opera. Yes. And Guardians of the Galaxy is even more so. Guardians of the Galaxy has elements of what a space opera is, but it's, Barely. it's lacking like the fundamentals of a space opera but space operas are usually political also very most of them uh, focus on politics between hundreds of you know intergalactic nations yeah um which guardians of the galaxy is decidedly not yeah so uh that is not a point that i hit in my response because it's it's annoying but it's besides the conversation yes so would you like to hear my response to that yes okay this is a long one so my response is, let's talk about your examples. Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Winter Soldier. You claim these movies are vastly different due to their different subgenres. Just because they have different themes and take place in vastly different locations does not make them inherently different stories. Those are simply themes, different coats of paint on top of blatantly similar stories. Ultimately, they all boil down to main character, superhero, must defeat bad guy, supervillain. You may say this is unfair. After all, that's a quite common story even outside the superhero genre. In fact, all of my own examples boil down to that story as well. Here's the difference. In The Dark Knight, the story isn't actually Batman beating the Joker. The story is the Joker forcing Batman to confront his own morality. Batman's interactions with the Joker fundamentally change his perception of the world. Same with Watchmen. When confronted with Adrian's horrific act, the rest of the Watchmen are forced to confront everything they believe their morality to be. In Spider-Man 2002, Peter learns the meaning of the words, with great power comes great responsibility. And in X-Men 2000, Logan learns what it means to care about somebody and what it means to be a part of a team. How did the Vulture change Peter in Homecoming or challenge him in any way? How did Thanos change or challenge our characters in Guardians of the Galaxy? Ultimately, they don't. They merely serve to give our main characters something to do for the duration of the film. To simplify this conversation, I'm going to focus on Spider-Man Homecoming. The fact that Marvel thinks every movie needs a supervillain goes to show how limited their storytelling really is. Homecoming didn't need a villain at all, nor did it need Tony Stark. What if in Homecoming, Peter was a kid who found himself with superpowers? He could think that because he can do all these things, that it's his responsibility to put it to good use. He would go out at night and fight street crime. This would distance him from his friends and girlfriend. His aunt would be concerned about his grades and school slipping and about how worn out he always is. His perceived responsibility would slowly eat away at him. He would learn to step back because destroying himself is doing more harm than good, no matter how noble the intentions. He would realize the world is too big a place for him to protect all on his own and that he can't do it alone, nor should he have to. That's when the Avengers would induct him at the end of the movie. 
This would be a nice role reversal from the original Spider-Man film, where he learned to take up more responsibility. With this simple story, I gave Peter a complete character arc and didn't need a supervillain or big end-of-the-movie battle to do it. You may say the story I laid out is cliché, and it is, but it's also truly different from anything Marvel is putting out. Coming-of-age stories don't typically have big bad guys because that's not what they're about. Coming-of-age stories are about kids learning what life really is. That's a messy enough subject with more than enough conflict to fill a movie without adding a supervillain on top of it. For a great example of a coming-of-age story, see Perks of Being a Wallflower. Marvel is formulaic to an extreme. Each new movie, a new supervillain is introduced and defeated. Very rarely do they ever even carry over into a second film. And the villains almost universally have no lasting effect on the characters. In the end, Tony Stark is the same character he was in the first movie with just a few minor tweaks. This is why I, and others, complain about superhero movies. Nearly 20 movies in 10 years into Marvel's cinematic universe, and we're still watching action figures beat up other action figures in the same story time after time after time. If the superhero genre wants to be taken seriously, then it needs to branch out and tell actually different stories, rather than slapping on a new coat of paint and pretending it's different. Their characters need to really change, and their villains need to challenge them in more ways than just physical. And above all, their fans have to recognize the genre's shortcomings and repetitive nature and ask for better. All right, those are some really solid points you've laid out there. Anything you want to add or rebut? Uh, you got a pretty comprehensive list of everything that I could think of. I mean, you don't need a villain. That's the, you don't need a super villain. Yeah, you, in you don't. Like, not, just because the movie is about a superhero does not mean you need a fucking supervillain. Yeah. It, it just doesn't. And the fact that Marvel believes, that everybody seems to believe, that's the only way you can make a superhero movie, just shows the limitation of the so-called genre. Yeah. Like, uh, for Batman... You know, movie about Batman, younger Batman fighting. <coughs> Went down the wrong. <laughs> Y'all good? Continue. Y'all good? We're good. Keep going. All right. <coughs> uh, a Batman story about, you know, a younger Batman fighting street crime and, you know, learning uh, his limits being challenged by the street crime. Yeah. Like, that would make a very fucking good story. Oh, that's that's what I've always said about Batman, is Batman is supposed to be, like, the world's greatest detective, right? Yes. We're missing the detective Where the part. fuck is that movie? Like, <laughs> show me Seven with Batman. I will watch the shit out of that movie. Hell, even watered down for a PG-13 <clears throat> rating, I would watch that totally. movie. Totally. Like, Batman fucking investigating all these, like, low-level street crimes, you know? Yeah. And, and it, with, like, a, a seven-style killer, that could be the Joker. So he's, like, he comes across the, the crime scenes and all the corpses have, like, fucking rictus grins on them, you know? Yeah. That would be awesome. Where is that movie? That brings up the point of what he said with them. You know, oh, they wouldn't have taken the risk of making Guardians of the Galaxy relatively unknown mm. characters or Ant-Man. Like... Sure, there may be Guardians of the Galaxy is a lot less known, but fucking Ant Man is still one of the main characters in the comics and all that. Okay, but you're you're missing but, you're missing the yeah. ultimate point. Anyways, the point being is if they want to take risks, they don't need a supervillain. Okay, yes, I but guess you're still missing the ultimate right. point. the The ultimate point to that point, yeah, is that 
Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy is a lesser known property. Yeah. Fine. But how much of a risk is it really when you're just transplanting those characters into a movie that they've already made and already know is successful? Right, and yeah. beyond that, with an unlimited advertising budget, by the time the movie comes out, you know, they start advertising for it a year ahead of time. By the time the mm-hmm. movie comes out, now everybody knows who they are because Marvel's been pushing it. Yeah. How is that a risk? That's not a risk. Yep. All right. So. His response All right. to that response, and uh, this is the end of it because I have not responded to this yet. All right. So he says, here's the problem with your argument. You oversimplify the MCU movies and then allow yourself extra details in order to make your examples appear more sophisticated. Because here's the thing. Spider-Man Homecoming isn't about Peter beating up the vulture. It's about Peter realizing that he shouldn't have to prove himself to pre-existing heroes in order to become one himself. Okay, I'm not going to stop for the rest of it, but I'm going to stop here. Yeah. How the fuck is that a lesson? That's an anti-lesson, right? Like, our main character learns that he shouldn't have to prove himself to do the job that he wants to do. Mm -hmm. What fucking world is that a lesson? All right. Um, it's about Peter finding ways to deal with his insecurities and emotional problems in ways other than playing Avenger. You might say that's irrelevant since the movie still has the vulture on top of that. I disagree. The addition to the vulture just shows an interesting, well-written foil to Peter's character who catalyzes Peter's character arc. In the Guardians of the Galaxy, the story is never truly about beating Ronan. It's about screw-ups finding redemption and a place where they all feel they belong. Inherently lonely people finding friends. In Civil War, the story is never about beating Zemo. Heck, the characters don't even know he exists for half the film. The story is about fundamentally divisive decisions, the effects such decisions can have on friendships, choice, and betrayal. The thing about Marvel always needing a villain, I see your point, but the point of the film is never beat the bad guy. The bad guy is simply there as both a catalyst to the plot and a foil to the character. That's actually why people have this Marvel makes weak villains complaint. It's true, but it's only true when Marvel does it on purpose, because it allows them to focus on the heroes, their stories, their psychology, and their arcs. Again, To say that these movies are somehow the same or lazy or poorly made and that we need to demand better, I don't see it at all. And I will defend that which I deem worth defending. These are. If you want to bash on Thor TDW, I don't know what that stands for. Uh, Oh, Thor the Dark Dark World. World. Yeah, the the second Thor movie. I'll happily join you. If you want to laugh at how bad The Incredible Hulk was, also allow me to join you. I've got a few digs myself. But if you want to sit here and tell me that Guardians of the Galaxy is bad, or Spider-Man, or Iron Man, then yeah, I'll defend them. Also, if you try to tell me that Tony Stark is the same character now as he was in the first Iron Man, I'm just going to say that you haven't been paying attention. There's more than a few details difference. He's gone through several character arcs and many situations that have made him question and reassess his course. Yeah, obviously he's the same character. People don't just stop being themselves but he's evolved as a character and the audience has seen it. Okay, so his first point is it's never about the v- beating the villains. Okay, maybe there's a little bit of a lesson thrown in there that I have noticed, but the problem is how they 
how the movie is uh I don't know the right word to this, but how they uh how they portray it. Yeah, how they portray it. It's always always been portrayed as look, here's the villain. Gotta go beat the villain. Now here's a ham fisted lesson that we're gonna teach the children. Well, here's the thing though, is like he he even says like um that's why a lot of people complain that Marvel has weak villains. No, they just can't write villains. Right. Well, <laughs> no, here's the thing. is like his argument is, okay, even if you set that aside. Yeah. His argument is that people complain that Marvel has weak villains, but they only have weak villains because they do it on purpose so that they can focus on the main characters. So here's my question. Why have the villain? Yeah. Just don't have the villain. I like, mean, he even acknowledges that it's like, yeah, okay, they don't need the villain. Yeah, like, I mean, th honestly, um, okay, as a filmmaker, as an artist, do you, would you ever write something into your movie that you know is shitty just because you want to focus on something else instead, or would you just remove that thing and focus on the other thing? Uh, it I would either remove it and focus on the other thing, or if it's really that important, make flesh, it a strong point. Flesh, flesh it, it out. Yeah, yeah, flesh the fuck out. Make it actually decent and watchable. Like, one of two things has to happen. Either what you're putting in the movie has to be good, or remove it if it's not necessary. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes on to saying that Tony Stark isn't the same character, and I think that's his last point. Um, and yeah. he goes through an arc in air quotes through each film, but whether he learns something is really like maybe one thing's slightly like, different, but he, it's pretty much after every film, they just fucking press the reset button. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. What people need to realize, and this is going to go into my response. All right. Um, what people need to realize is that none of the Marvel heroes have arcs in the movies. And people want to throw out there like, oh, the, the characters have arcs, but it takes place over the entire cinematic universe. Number one, okay? Then what's the point of having an individual movie? Yeah, number one, fuck you, because I'm not going to sit through 20 fucking hours of movies in order to have any semblance of a satisfying arc. And by mm. the time that I get there, I'm going to forget what the fucking arc was until I go back and rewatch the first movie. You know? Like, but that is the way that the cinematic universe is designed. You have to understand that they can't put satisfying arcs into the mm -hmm. movies. Because if they did, if they put a satisfying arc into every cinematic movie, right? Or into every cinematic universe movie... Mm -hmm. Um, the characters would be entirely unrecognizable as themselves by the 20th fucking movie. Yeah. Right? So, by design, the characters can't have arcs in the cinematic universe. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> okay? I want it, I want it, like, that simultaneously, it's not a defense, but it's an explanation, right, of mm -hmm. why they don't have arcs. And- for people to try to defend that is mind blowing to me. Like you just oh, yeah. you just want to watch the same fucking character beat up the same non-existent villains movie after movie after movie. Fine, enjoy, 
if if that's what you enjoy. But there's no defense for it. Yeah. Don't try to defend it. Just tell me that you enjoy that, and that'll be good enough for me, right? Yeah. Like, it's when people get on their high horse and try defending this as some sort of high art, you know, like, oh, the— you know, Marvel cares and Disney cares so much about these characters. No, they don't. Yeah. They're they're logos for them to sell to an audience. Yeah. It sort of reminds me of uh of the whole Godzilla thing where the American audiences didn't want to see the actual you know, yeah. the human characters doing what human characters do, mm-hmm. you know, learning with Godzilla being around and how to overcome him this time. And if there's another creature in the film, you know, overcoming that as well, Mm -hmm. people just wanted to see Godzilla destroy a city and beat up another giant monster in America. They Um, didn't care about the message that the movie was sending. You're talking about the 2015 Godzilla, right? Uh, Or 2014, whatever the fuck. Yeah. For the most part. Yes. Like, it's just something people just wanted to see Godzilla cause mass destruction. And that's the biggest complaint I saw about that film was there wasn't enough Godzilla destroying buildings. I'll agree with that because I mean they fucked up the human side of it. They but... fucked up every side of it. Yeah. That's what's wrong with that movie. But yeah. in in terms of the the cinematic universe, like okay, I, I mean I have tons of notes written down of oh, stuff, yeah. of fucking stuff that I want to hit. And I'm not gonna go over all of it. Yeah. Because there's so fucking much of it. But what it boils down to like th- this guy is desperately holding on i mean he's clutching at straws like what he says about spider-man it just blows my mind which is peter realizes he shouldn't have to prove himself to pre-existing heroes like what's like even if what's the what's the lesson that you should stand up to authority figures (laughs) or or like just fuck it run head first into a situation like an idiot kid yeah or even in terms of finding a job you don't need to prove that you can do the job to do it yeah i mean if you want to squeeze a lesson out of homecoming Mm -hmm. it would be the opposite of that which is uh learning to listen to other people who know what they're doing right like yes you know tony tony stark and and those guys were sort of ignoring him that's, oh yeah that's true right but he also consistently put everything in more danger than it had already been yeah and and for what to save tony stark's fucking leftovers that even he said he didn't really need like they were like prototypes and and other fucking you know right, old right. iron man yep. suits and shit on the plane it wasn't even like their primary stuff and this is what Peter is going to basically uh, destroy New York to try to save? <laughs> yeah. How, like, yeah. The The ultimate truth is there's really not a lesson in Homecoming. And I argue with people who say that every movie needs a lesson. Every movie doesn't need a lesson. Mm-hmm. But if you are selling your movie as a coming-of-age film, there's, that's the point yeah. of a fucking coming-of-age film is what the the lessons the character learns. Go watch Perks of Being a Wallflower. Go watch Stand By Me. Yes. Like, two great coming-of-age films, you know, with that have lessons that the characters learn, and the characters have fantastic arcs. Mm-hmm. You know, not Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming isn't even the poor man's 
fucking uh, coming of age story. Yeah, you know, it's 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 pretending to be a coming of age story. Yeah, I mean, even the because I've never seen Perks of Being a Wallflower, which you fucking should. Yes, even like the movie Boyhood, which I haven't seen. It's a really good coming of age story. I guess it is a coming of age story too. Yeah. Um, just other like. My my ultimate point mm-hmm. that, that I need to respond with, right, is he's he's still harping on the fact that like, no, these movies they're they're all different, right? Mm-hmm. If they were all truly different, then my only question to you is why are they all action films? Mm, yeah. It's as simple as that. You know? Like if they were truly different, we would have different genres mixed in with superhero movies, but we don't. Every single last one of them yep. is a action film. Even The Incredible Hulk turned into an action film. All of them are. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to make the argument that, no, these movies are truly different, then we should have things like, you know, straight comedies. Yep. You know, Straight drama. Straight drama. Yeah, totally. Um, a fucking horror superhero yep. movie? That'd be awesome. Venom. Venom. Yeah. Like if a fucking horror movie with Venom. That'd be I'd watch the shit out of that. Or, you know, like like we already said, a uh, a dark, gritty uh crime thriller with, mm-hmm. with Batman, you know, like seven, but with fucking Batman. Or or even um Silence of the Lambs with Batman, right? Yeah. Where where it's like Batman just in investigating some other killer in Gotham while talking to the Joker in Arkham. You know, the, the mm-hmm. Joker would sort of take the place of um, Hannibal, yes. right? And you could really delve into the Joker's psychology, yeah. you know, and how he's getting into Batman's head and all that kind of... Like, yeah, and if... I would watch that movie so fast. You would have my money immediately yes. if you fucking made that movie. Yeah, and if even if you wanted to throw, like, I don't know, like sort of a recognizable face to the whoever's committing these other crimes, you know, throw in Red Hood, somebody who copycatted the Joker... Still yeah. do it, Silence oh, that, of the Lambs. Yeah, no, that would be really interesting, yeah. It's like, so yeah, that's that's my ultimate argument, is like, don't come at me and tell me that like, no, all of these movies are different, when not only are they all the same genre, action, but they all have the exact same structure, which is, uh, villain is introduced, mm-hmm. they barely interact with him through most of the movie, yep. and then they just defeat him at the end. Yeah, that that's the formula. It just it blows my mind how Marvel fans either don't see this or don't care. And to be honest with you, I have more respect for the people who just straight up don't care. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, they're like, yeah, I, I like Marvel movies because I fucking like the characters. So what? And you're right. So what? You know, yep. in, in terms of your personal enjoyment, fine. Enjoy the shit out of them. I don't care. But don't try to have <laughs> like uh, a, a conversation with me about the no how like the Marvel movies are really depthful and they delve into the psychology of the oh, fucking God. characters, which he said twice yep. by the way. Yep. And how no the 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 villains are only shitty because Marvel did it on purpose. What the fuck kind of an <laughs> argument is that? Like I said. Also, uh, I, I don't just want to shit on this guy either because I don't yeah. think he's stupid. He doesn't come across stupid. No, he's he, just mis misguided. Misguided, yeah, and wrong. And wrong. 
And he doesn't come across like an asshole either. Yeah. Which is why I'm talking to him. You know, you would expect most YouTube comments. Like, as soon as I posted that first, like, really fucking long yeah. reply, you would expect most people to be like, oh, you just fucking faggot. Like, <laughs> you just don't yeah. get it because you're a dick. Yeah. yeah that's what that, you, that's YouTube comments. That's what you would expect. But, no, he, he came back at me with a uh, well-written, if poorly thought-out argument. Yeah. Yeah, so I plan to keep this going, whether or not he will respond to me, because like I said, it's it's been a few days because life gets in the way. Yep. Um, but I will write that response. I will update you on whether or not he replies. I will update you with what my response is ultimately. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that's that's all I wanted to talk about is um yeah for for a couple reasons is just to. One, continue my battle against Marvel. Marvel <laughs> is my arch enemy. I swear to God. Um, so what do you think your character arc's going to be at the end of this? <laughs> or is it going to be like Marvel and you're not going to learn anything? Oh, my character arc is probably going to be that Marvel's enormous foot is just going to squash me into the ground. <laughs> and I will walk away broken and depressed. At least so far it looks like they're starting to kill themselves. Yeah, hopefully. Because, yeah, I'm tired I'm tired of it, mm-hmm. uh, which we talked about. So I'm oh, not yeah. going to do it again here. All right. Um, but, yeah, so I, I wanted to just, you know, continue my, my quest against Marvel and also sort of bring it up as, like, this is how conversations on YouTube should go. Like, I get tired of scrolling. It's mentally and emotionally exhausting right. to just scroll down into the YouTube comments and see person after person just calling themselves every racially insensitive slur possible. Not just racially. Not just racially, but yeah, you get my point. Like, it's disgusting. Yeah. Can we please have actual constructive conversations yeah. or in the very least not resort to personal attacks you notice neither he nor i go after each other personally in these yeah. responses like can we make that a thing where we just don't attack people personally and instead go after their point yeah you know and talk about that like what really tires me out is somebody you know, I see makes a really good point, and then you get all the people being the fucking idiots like that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, I'll go ahead and be like, no, he made some good points. And then I see that the original poster just evolved into that as well. And oh, just like, that happens all the time, and it pisses me off. Yeah. Oh, my God, like, yeah. Maintain your composure. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If you're going to go into it, be the bigger man. Yeah. Because here's the thing is, like, my thing – I get in, I get into – YouTube debates occasionally. Yeah. And when I do, this is how I write, is I write long, well-thought-out rebuttals. Not trying, and this is important, I don't think that I'm going to change the mind of the person that I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. My entire purpose on doing it is in the hopes that somebody else will stumble across the conversation and, you know, logic will prevail. Yeah. Not saying that I'm perfect and that everything I say is clearly right. That's that's not what I'm getting at. Although everything that I say is right. That's so self-absorbed. Um, but no, like yeah, I my point is is not to change the mind of the person that I'm talking to, but to possibly change the mind of somebody outside the conversation, somebody who listens in, if you will, right? Yes. And and hopefully, in in a lot of cases, see that. 
I'm trying to be the bigger man here and not 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 in this, right? Because this guy has been has been fine oh, for this yeah. conversation. But a lot of the time it does just devolve into TLDR, you're a fucking faggot. And yep, then and yep. then I come back with another well-written response, you know. And then you just get the same response from them. Yeah, so my hope is like somebody else sees this conversation and realizes like okay, one of these people is being reasonable and one of them is not. Yeah. The worst part is when you're having this and then you just have the random third party come in yeah. and just take one of the sides or just be like, you're both fucking idiots. Oh, no. The worst is like when a fucking asshole like takes yeah. my side and starts diluting my points. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. You- so stop doing that if you're doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. YouTube sucks for communication. But can we can we just please try to make it just a little bit better? Yeah. Come on, guys. All right. So the lesson here is... We need to make YouTube comments better. <laughs> it, I mean, that is a battle that nobody will ever win. But Unfortunately, know. as long as people have access to the internet. Yeah. All right, so that's that's all I had for this bonus pod. I just wanted to talk about this, and uh, if you had anything else to say about it. Uh, no, nothing really as, aside from uh, I, I cannot wait to hear the responses. Neither can I, this. because I still have to get around to writing it. Yep. So, yeah, um, we hope that you enjoyed or found useful uh, this bonus episode of the Watts Podcast. What is yep. this, like, Watts 6.5? Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I've got. So, good night, guys. <laughs>